Steelers Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, December 15th, and we have a lot to do today. Monday was a little bit of doom and gloom show. Wasn't the most fun, but we got a little emotional. We had a group therapy session for everybody. So today we are going to do a little preview of the Vikings Monday Night Football game, but we're going to do some other stuff too. We're going to do a little general overview, talk some records, talk some big picture stuff. And then we're also going to do some stuff that's not related to football at all. So that'll be cool. And when we get to that, we get to that. But we don't know when because we never use a script because that's how we're doing. Kevin Lapko with me as always. Kevin, how are we doing? Doing well. As you can see, back in the parents' basement with the Christmas lights, that uh, the the sure. infamous Christmas lights. Fit now, at least they fit the actual yeah. time of year. They they look good, right? I mean, it's it's festive, it's holiday, it's it's holiday time. Uh, it feels right. It just feels right. But no, doing well, like you said, Jake. I mean, the people. It's hard. It's hard. This is a hard time of the year, right? It's hard to get you to listen to forty five minutes of content yeah. about a team that stinks. It's hard. We get it. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna have a little bit of fun and try to make it entertaining as possible. I think this is you guys. Uh, this is the worst record. Why? Like the Bears. This is the worst the Bears have been since you've been on the show, right? Yeah, because I joined. I didn't even. You joined the. Was, you joined when Cleo Mack joined the Bears, right? The first year Cleo Mack was on the Bears. It was, was even a little bit later than that. So it was okay. Like, yeah. So I your think first it was off year, season of that year. So your first year was no because twenty nineteen, right? You were after the playoff year, right? Yeah. So I was. I okay, was. So at, you, I was in the you, off season of twenty eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So this is you know we really got started and you know after in the Cleo Mack year for me. So, you know, that was the playoff year, the 12 and four year. Then we had eight and eight and eight and eight in the playoffs last year. And this is, I mean, like at least last year, like I'll compare it to this and we'll get into this later. Cause we're going to do some comparison stuff later as far as bears recent seasons. But like last year, at least, you know, we had that big blow up episode where me you and Chris Nano, we went back and forth after the shellacking you took to the green Bay Packers where in retrospect, like that was way worse than what just happened. At least in this game that just happened, you were competitive for a half. Like you were winning after right. a half, you know, that game, you just got shellacked straight out of the gate and it was, you know, doom and gloom right away. And then you were still in the playoffs. As you tried to tell us, you were in the playoff picture more than you, like now you're in the hunt, but you're not, you're not getting anywhere. Like last year, at least ended with a playoff spot this year. You're just right. You're dead in the water already. So we understand. I mean, it's hard to want to care about this team right now, but that's why we're going to do some some different stuff today, and then you know play play around a little bit, see what works, see what doesn't. Um, you know, most things don't work with this podcast, but we persevere and we continue to go on. But I mean, first things first, we do have to handle news of the day. More people on the COVID list. I mean, the NFL is obviously dealing with a huge COVID. Every, every league is. I mean, the so NHL is dealing NBA. with one. The NBA is dealing with one. The NFL is dealing with a big one too. COVID is just all over the sports landscape. It's It sucks that we have to talk about in this, you know, kind of scope of things. But, I mean, the Bears today put Larry Borum on the COVID reserve list. He joins most notably Eddie Goldman, among others. I mean, I don't know everybody else, but I know they mentioned that Larry Borum is fully vaccinated. So there's a chance he plays Monday. You have that extra day. But, I mean, right. in the event that you don't have Larry Bo- Borum and – Eddie Goldman, most notably. And, and who knows? You could get more guys. I mean, as as the next couple of days go on, like you could lose more guys potentially. 
it's already not – I mean, the Vikings have a lot to play for. Obviously, Devin Cook, Kirk Cousins, begrudgingly, I hate to say this, but he's been playing relatively well enough to get them some wins. But He's one for nine in his career on Monday Night Football. Yes, Just remember I mean, that. Kirk right? Cousins in one general sucks, I agree. But the Vikings, they're fighting for a playoff spot. It already was looking like a game that you could lose. And, I mean, if you're lo- – I mean, let's just start with Larry Borum. If he doesn't play, I mean, Elijah Wilkinson's on, also on – he's your one of your top backup linemen. He's also on the COVID list. He's unvaccinated, I believe. So, I mean, if you're without Alex Larry Borum – Alex Barr's a right tackle and Tevin Jenkins at left tackle is what you would have to do. So oh, I mean, that's it's, – it's scary. And it would be – this would actually – it also depends on Jason Peters' health status. I don't yes, know if correct. he's been ruled out yet because then you'll start to see a scenario where Jason Peters is at left tackle and that switch Tevin from Jenkins Tevin Jenkins right. from left after the right tackle is already happening. There was rumors of that after the first game already about potentially switching Jenkins and Borum in the offseason. Obviously, you don't want to really make that move in season. It's just kind of the wrong timing to do that. So that'd be interesting. But Based off of the replay of uh, Peter's injury on the broadcast, it kind of looked like a high ankle sprain that didn't look too good. So, yeah, you don't want to lose Larry Burham. But now it's like at least you have Jenkins there. If this was two weeks ago, you would be screwed because there is (laughs) no depth there. You'd have to pick up some guy off the – I mean, these guys are already picking up practice squad guys from the middle of nowhere, seventh-round picks from 2020. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. But it is interesting, as I am, uh, Scott says here in the chat, that Jenkins was most dominant at right tackle. So maybe this is sort of yeah. like some sort of blessing in disguise where you get him in that spot and see what he can do there versus left tackle. Well, that's where you kind of have to start looking at silver linings because Borum, remember, I mean, Borum came in and played left tackle when Jason Peters went out in week one. And he played pretty well and he's done pretty well at right tackle. I think you have something there. Mm-hmm. It's the idea floated that Borum could also move to left tackle. As you know, Scott said in the chat, you know, Jenkins was great in college at right tackle. Maybe it is a silver lining. Maybe you get Peters and you get Jenkins at his right tackle. They, like you mentioned, Kevin, there were rumors that they might switch them in the offseason, maybe even in season, which would be a terrible idea. But I mean, maybe you get to see some of Jenkins. I mean, there were a couple plays. Obviously, Kevin Jenkins was put into a tough situation on Sunday night against a good Green Bay defense. First snaps, just, all right, you're getting extended snaps. Peters is out. Here we go. When he's supposed to be a rotational guy, had some bad plays where he just got eaten up, but that's to be expected. Yeah, I mean, I was going to bring that up. It's a kind of a silver lining. You get to fully see even more what you have in Jenkins. Um, but it's not a good situation, and it's it's very bleak for the Bears if this continues to go down this very dark path of more guys. Like, if you lose, let's say, I mean – I'm not going to say Justin Fields because obviously that would be brutal if Justin Fields goes on the COVID list. But if you continue to lose, like if Khalil Herbert goes on, on the COVID list, if, you know, Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham go on the COVID list, let's say those two go on, and then Jesse James is your top tight end. Let's say Allen Robinson goes on the COVID list. Roquan Smith, Jesse James Robert Quinn. Baller. Like, I mean, you got guys who you can't afford. Like the Bears already have used, I believe, 30 – five or 36 players on defense this year alone, they use one more new player. They set a record. They eclipsed most players used on defense in the season or for last year, at least like they continually oh, okay. top numbers. Like they've used eight and it's most in the NFL, I believe by far as well. Like you are, like you said, you're pulling guys off the street at this point and it, it might get worse. 
And this is what a lot, and I wouldn't be surprised if there are Minnesota guys who go on the list as well. I mean, the Browns put yeah. 17 guys on the list yeah. today. 17. Like, I don't know if it's Omicron. I don't know what's going on. If yeah. it's just, Gr- you know, it's just, granted, it's just spreading. Gr- but Granted, the drop from Baker Mayfield to Case Keenum is not nearly as steep as it is from Justin Fields to Andy Dalton yes. and or Nick Foles. But it's just because those two, Case Keenum and numbers. Baker Mayfield are essentially the same quarterback. I wouldn't say that. I mean, they're different. Mm. Now there's arguments mm. on who's better and who might be value wise. Team and yeah. Va- value wise. Yeah. You could, you could be right. You could be right. And that's a different conversation for fans in Cleveland, but it is, it is something to monitor and it's worrisome, right? Because if you get yeah. a bull situation, obviously we're right. in the Chicago market. And if anybody on, you know, we have a lot of listeners from all over the country and in the UK who probably don't give a shit about the bulls, but the bulls put 10 players on COVID on the COVID list, like within a week. And they had to postpone not games. only was it they had to postpone games, it was DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, it was Kobe. It was like the whole roster, Literally, all your impact yeah. players, <laughs> Derek Jones. So I don't know if you're looking at a situation where a postponement is possible in the NFL, that the numbers aren't high enough and there's more depth in the NFL. And it's just, it's, it is, it's, it is concerning though, because it's totally out of control. And the scariest thing is it can happen Saturday night or Sunday night in this right. case before the game. Like you have to get tested every day. You could go take that test Sunday night, find out Monday morning hours before the game that uh, a key player is out. And it's like, Oh shit. Now this guy has to go play without any preparation the whole week, without mentally preparing himself to play. Right. And those are, and it's, it's so frustrating that we're having to talk about these things again, because this is more of a conversation about last year. And you figured at this point of the year where we're at with the whole pandemic, that it would be over, but it's not. And now at this, at this point, you just hope you're not losing guys at positions that are already thin. So that's why Larry Bourne was a big hit. Cause that's a thin position group. When you look at injuries and just the overall depth, if they lost a cornerback, they, I don't know what they would do. I mean, you're already picking up guys off the practice squad. Uh, Marquis Christian is is out. He was injured. Mm-hmm. Xavier Crawford got injured from the Eddie Jackson play. You are literally talking about who at that position group. So you just got to kind of cross your fingers and get lucky. There's nothing else we can really say about it. Yeah. I mean, and the Bears are in, quote unquote, the NFL's enhanced COVID protocols, which means they do like tests and everything every single day. So, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you said, this could go either way. One thing, like on a personnel note, we like we haven't heard that Thomas Graham's been called up yet. Like they they just signed someone who was on the Cowboys practice squad as a DB. Like dumbfounding. It's, it's dumbfounding. Wild. It is. This is a sixth round pick. This is this isn't an undrafted player. And even if it was an undrafted player, why not? I mean, like, but this guy's a sixth round pick. If anyone who has listened to this show pre-draft season. You knew, and specifically Chris Nan when he was on the show, his evaluation of Thomas Graham, very, very high on who he was because he opted out of his final year of college mm-hmm. and or either opted out or got injured. I think he opted out, didn't he? I believe it was an opt-out. I believe he I believe he opted out. And there was rumors and there was discussion that if he had not opted out, he would have been a top three round pick and quite frankly, possibly a second round, maybe first round pick. But he opted out. He let guys jump him. His draft stock fell. He falls into the lap of the Chicago Bears. And you're not giving him the opportunity. And this is what we've talked about for years now on this show. That has been consistent. I don't know if it's a coaching staff theme. I think it has to be. It's not giving guys like this an opportunity. Daz Newsom, 
All right, if Allen Robinson's giving you two receptions and 18 yards and you're four and nine, why is Daz Newsom not seeing the field? Maybe you can understand that in years prior, in these must-win games, when you were in a clear position to make the playoffs, Riley Ridley wasn't worth it to experiment at that time. You are four and nine. You have every reason to put Thomas Graham out there, to put Daz Newsom out there and see what you can get out of these guys. And if I'm Ryan Pace, I'm literally in Matt Nagy's face saying, look, dude, you're gone, but I might still have a job with this organization. And if Thomas Graham Jr. and Daz Newsom show out in these final four games and show they have a little bit of potential, that bolsters his resume. He has to be in his face saying, look, Matt, you need to get these guys on the field. And the reason, and I, and I need to know every single reason why them and others in the past four years of this organization have not gotten the same opportunities as other guys. It's dumbfounding and it's ridiculous. I mean, it it's, says a lot about grandma guys. I mean, they literally brought in the Carius Keys or something. Like he was a seventh round pick of the Chiefs yeah, like, last bro, year. We <laughs> signed D Virgin. Yeah. D Virgin. All right. This guy, D Virgin, as funny as the name somewhere. is. There's a joke in there somewhere. It's kind of hard to find, but yeah, there's another one. It is this this guy was signed by four different teams in like a span of two weeks. All right. And you're signing this guy. Well, the thing is the Bears protect Thomas Graham Jr. The thing is the Bears protect Thomas Graham every week, too. Oh, he, yeah. Like every yes. week, like week oh, to it's week, like, Tom, okay. it's you know, you get the Kevin Fishbane tweet. The Bears this week have protected so and so and so and so and so and so and Thomas Graham. It, it's weird. It like I don't get it. So I don't know. I mean, I, you're right. I hope we get to see those two because this is their chance. Like you are severely depleted. This should be their chance to put something on tape. If not for this coaching staff, the next one, because we've all agreed there's going to be a next one following, you know, come January, but it's very weird, very odd, but I don't know. Um, We said we wouldn't talk about this stupid game the entire time. So we'll do just our basic handicapping of the game real quick at the top here and then get into other stuff. I mean, I mean, Kevin, what are you expecting for this game? I mean, it's hard to say with all the COVID stuff, but I mean, let's assume that you put no other people on COVID protocol in pro in COVID protocols the rest of the week. Let's assume the team you have yeah. right now is what you get. I mean, if I'm being entirely honest, like losing Larry Borman, and Eddie Goldman isn't like causing a dramatic shift in my evaluation of the game. It's not. It's not just because you're assuming Jason player. Peters plays. Well, no, I mean, just because the offensive line hasn't been stellar enough to where the drop off is significant enough for me, like it and, and what you can do with Justin Fields on the run. And then on the defensive side, they've played without Eddie Goldman before right. they did it last year by Lil Nichols. Like we, and, and maybe Akeem Hicks will play. I don't know. I mean, you never know. He probably won't, but it just, it does, doesn't change too much for me when you lose like little guys like that versus if you lost a, a Roquan Smith or a Robert Quinn or a Dave Montgomery or a guy of that caliber. Now, what I'm expecting from this game is to the pleasure of the NFL, the general NFL viewing audience. First of all, y'all are welcome that we actually put up a good game on Sunday night football. Most well, people were half like, of a good game. Okay. It was exciting. It was exciting. There were 75 points scored. Were you expecting 75 points scored? No one on earth was expecting a 75 points scored. Plus some really exciting touchdowns, like five touchdowns. In, like yeah. In the first half. The second quarter. In, in the yeah. first half. Okay. That's what I'm saying. We, oh, we, as the, if we owe the, the Bears, NFL public an hour and a half of good football after what we've given them on prime time this year. Okay. That, that should be enough. They should be content fine, with that. Fine. Okay. But what I'm saying is on Monday night, the NFL viewing audience will get a one score football game. Want to know why? Because 12 of the 13 games suck. this season 
have decided for the Vikings, 12 of the 13 Viking games this season have decided been decided by one possession, eight points or less. Most in the NFL, 12 of their 13 games. Do you know how ridiculous that is? Like I saw this team lost to the Lions. It was like but then they're beating good teams. It's like makes no sense. I saw like the, the Vikings would be like 12 and 0 if they didn't allow any points in the final two minutes of either half. Yeah. That's insane. Absurd. That's nuts. Like it, it's absurd. Like that, that that is crazy. And like to a certain extent, that stat is kind of like yeah, kind of right. stretching it a little bit, but still, like right. that's wild. Like this is a this is a solid team, but they're also very, very vulnerable. Like, yeah, and that's why you see them are at six and seven. So you're gonna in Chicago, this is important because Minnesota is two and five on the road. That play that makes a difference. We know how much better this team is at home, or maybe not how much better they are, but how much closer the games are and how much there's a legitimate Fair. chance for them to win in the final minutes. So I'm expecting a close game. That's probably going to be, and and I'm going to go out of the box here and get a whole away from the whole defensive battle, defensive, you know, Sunday night or Monday night, winter Chicago weather. No, screw that. This is going to be a shootout. You're going to see more of what you saw versus Lambeau where I'm probably thinking like a 35-31 type deal because the Vikings have a phenomenal offense. They're third in the league in offensive yardage. So that's what I'm expecting. Close game, high scoring. Justin Fields show out. He did last time on Monday night. I think he'll do it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a better game. Like Justin Fields was fine on Sunday night. Obviously, we talked about on Monday how you kind of saw some regression at, from the time he missed with injury. Kind of has to get back into that rhythm we saw in Baltimore and in Pittsburgh. But no, I mean... I don't know if this will be a shootout because both these teams just suck. <laughs> like this is my Vikings. Be, like they they're God. both like, okay. They're both aggressively mediocre at best. Like okay, it's, sure. It's not like so. I it's an equal chance of a shootout. It's like a defensive battle, though. You know. It's I like, think yeah. I just think it'll be an ugly game. Like I, I still like I think the Bears lose this game. Like I just especially like considering people you're missing. Like Delvin know, Cook dude. is Delvin Cook's super in, like Delvin Cook's shoulders hanging on by a thread and he's still running for, you know, 150 plus and breaking off long runs. For touchdowns. Like, yeah, he's still a beast. So, I mean, Kirk Cousins stinks, uh, but I think the Vikings, like they actually have something to play for, you know, this bears team, like they're beating down, man. They just got nothing left. Yeah. Like it's yeah. bad. So, I mean, I think the bears lose this game. I'll like, we can move on after this and get into like some actual stuff. That's kind of fun to talk about at least, but you know, like 20, I, like I think the bears lose this game, like 28, 24. Like, I think it'll be close, but I, I think it'll be ugly. That's like a shootout in bears terms and yeah. bears standards. That's a shootout. Okay. Right. I have like, a 10 to one to flip Kevin. You can wax and wane right. the audience for a second. All right. So Jake's got to apparently flip a goddamn pork tenderloin. It shows you his damn commitment to this show. I don't know what he's doing. I was going to ask him, though, what percentage of how, what what capacity percentage do you think Soldier Field will be at? 80%, 90%? Because at this point of the year, yeah, it's a primetime game Monday night. Yeah, it's Justin Fields, you know, the rookie versus Kirk Cousins. That's not that enticing of an opponent. And I just don't know. Like, I'm worried because any it's a it's a gut punch. Anytime you turn on the TV and you know they do their pregame Monday night countdown thing and they they do a pan of the stadium and it's like half empty, and you're like, damn, like that kind of hurts to see because it shows that the fans don't show out. The luxury is Bears fans are stupid and they're brainwashed. And if they have an excuse to go get drunk in the south lot of Soldier Field on Monday night, they will do it. They will a hundred percent do it i've seen it time and time again 
I thought about getting tickets. I know friends who are going who are still going to have a great time. And it's always fun to go to an NFL football game as Jake returns from flipping his pork tenderloin. Jake, I just asked, posed the question, what what is the capacity percentage at Soldier Field on Monday night? Like how full is it? Yeah, how full is it? See, here's the thing. I think a lot of people bought these tickets in advance. I mean, because you got to consider how far in advance people bought these tickets or like how many people got these tickets for Christmas, you know, like you got to consider that too. Like, Uh. especially because still, like, I still think like considering your history in the last couple of years against the Vikings and just like, you know, the, the, I mean, people still want to see Justin Fields. We talked a little bit about that on Monday. People will still go to see Justin Fields in person and, you know, Monday night football, there's still appeal of that and to go tailgate and stuff. Like, especially (laughs) if you have like, 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 you're not going to have people going by themselves. Like it's going to be people in groups of five or six or, you know, more even so, and they'll be in the parking lot. They'll tailgate. So it'll be like, South I still lot, think maybe like you could still go and have a good time at a bears game. Like, like Shane was yeah. saying, you know, when Shane yeah. was on here a couple weeks ago, like, yeah, I wasn't going to go in, but then like I was offered the tickets and they were so close and you know, it was a fun time to tailgate. So I went like, I think you have a, pe- a lot of people like that. Like, right. oh, I got these tickets for Christmas or, oh, I got these tickets a couple months ago. And, oh, I have this group that I can go tailgate with three hours beforehand, you know? So I, I think it'll be relatively full. I don't like, I wouldn't say full capacity because I mean, what, what's the weather supposed to be like too? Like, I think it's like supposed 40 to be, re- degrees like, I think it's supposed to be relatively that's mild. Not bad. Right? Yeah. It's not bad for Monday for high of 42 and sunny, which I mean, doesn't matter because it's Monday night, but like. So it's not going to be below freezing. It's not going to be crazy wind chill. So I think you'll have a decent, I think it'll be decently filled. It's funny because talking about this kind of makes you realize something that has never been there for Bears fans. And it's just that simple appeal of having a guy who can just electrify a stadium. Right. right. And I exactly. forget who we talked about, who we talked about this with somebody, um, I forget who it was, one of our guests on the show. And I was talking about how, I think it was Amin. It was Adam Amin. I said, who else have you seen that can like electrify a stadium like Justin Fields can? And I think he he brought up Lamar Jackson as one of the big mm-hmm. ones. And like there is an appeal just for the hope when you enter that stadium that Justin Fields is going to do something so magical on that football field that it's like, worth it. That'll your do money. something cool. Like, like for all the people that went to the 49ers game, like they lost that game by 10. But seeing him make that one play that was one of the best plays in the right. NFL season is partially the reason why you're worth your money and yeah like you can get that occasionally from khalil mack on the defensive side or robert quinn but the magnitude of it is much greater when it happens with your franchise quarterback and it starts flowing on the internet and you could say you were there and those things are really special and think about it jake we've like been deprived of that as bears fans in my lifetime like walter payton was that appeal in the past like Matt Forte was like kind of like that, like Brandon Marshall, yeah. kind of, but it's different when you're the quarterback Devin and you can make a Devin Hester. Damn, that is correct. But that the thing about Devin Hester is like the chances of the it happening. He was on the field. The amount, yeah. You know, like he's going to get you right. know a few opportunities per game and he's not going to take every one of them back. And it's like Justin Fields is on the field every single play right. on offense. So there is an appeal to that, and it's just we've been deprived of that as Bears fans, but it's fun. It, it You just notice the impact of that, and I think when we talk about capacity, like that's part of the reason why I think the stadium will still be relatively full is because for years, no matter how bad they are, like people are going to go to watch the product that is Justin Fields, and hopefully the McCaskies understand that, and we've been talking about that for weeks on this show, is that's your moneymaker, and you got to understand that. Make no. decisions based off of that. I agree. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, 
One last thing that I want to touch on before we get into some more kind of fun-ish conversation. There was a report today, uh, Dan Weeder, Chicago Tribune, that Ted Phillips has privately expressed that he's willing to or wanting to walk away from the football side or distance himself, I think was the word used, from the football side of the organization. If that's true, I mean, mean, if that's true, granted, it, it adds another step for you once Matt Nagy and maybe Ryan Pace are fired. But I mean, what that leads you to then actually hiring a football person, you know, Shane Reardon throughout Olin Krutz as someone like that you would want. And we've heard a lot of names, but like a f- actual football person who has been around the game, whether they played or they've been in a front office or something, someone who knows football, who knows the ins and outs, who is not just there to be, a face and is, is more concerned with the product on the field than what the numbers in the books are showing, you know, and by and not like statistical books, number like accounting numbers, yes, like the financials. Yes, yes. So if that's true, I mean, a, this is about five years too late, but better late than never. I mean, if that's true, this gives you, I mean, you're going to be riding into next season with more hope than you've had even this year with Justin Fields. Because if you go into next year with a with second year of Justin Fields, a new head coach, let's assume Ryan Pace stays. And then a president of football ops, or let's say Ryan Pace gets promoted to president of football ops. That's what's yep, that's gonna happen. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, I could see Mm -hmm. that I and here's the thing: I think a lot of people are conflicted on their feelings of Ryan Pace. Yes, he got up to get Justin Fields. Yes, he got Roquan Smith. Yes, he got Eddie Jackson in the fourth round. Yes, he's had some hits like Darnell Mooney and Jordan Howard in the mid-rounds. There's also been the misses, Adam Shaheen. We're still not entirely sure what Cole Komet is. Kevin White. You know, there's big Mitch Trubisky, obviously, being the big, big one. Like, And then the hiring of Matt Nagy and, you know, some other bungles here. The mismanagement, quote-unquote, of the cap. But he kind of was, you know, in a win-now mode, whatever. I think if you put... Ryan Pace in an even bigger position and he delegates accordingly to a new GM who then hire, you know, who then is in charge of the hiring of a new coach. I mean, that could go really well. That's that is like, I think I can trust Ryan Pace with big picture moves. I think I can do that. I don't know how you feel about that. It's I, that is ideal for me because the guy is undeniably smart in certain areas. And the Mm -hmm. most important thing you have to remember is if the bears do not sell the team, if the Bukaskis do not sell the team, which I don't think is the most likely scenario when you're talking about all of the potential off season scenarios, the firing of a head coach, the distancing of Ted Phillips from president of football operations and the firing, uh, or, or, and the, uh, Sorry, the sale of the team, like sale of the team is Way down there. far yeah. lower on what is most realistically going to happen. And what you have to remember that many people who have come on the show, whether it's, I think, Jared Payton, Shane, I think even Jerry Azuma, who is on here, like mm-hmm. all resonate the fact that the McCaskies love Ryan Pace. They mm-hmm. love him, love him to death. And that's fine. Like you can love him to death. And if you promote him to president of football ops, a guy who's been in the league for a long time, who has yeah. helped identify this team and obviously has talent and will have positive input on how to acquire guys in free agency, how to make one of the biggest trades in NFL history for Kalumak, how to draft yeah. well in the rounds. And then you do a sort of Theo Epstein, Jed Hoyer type deal. Like you're looking at, I know Jake's a Cardinals fan, so he didn't like that reference. I mean, that. no, they, they were undoubtedly like good at their job in their time. <laughs> like that's, that's objective. No, I mean, that's a good comp, especially in Chicago. Yeah. Then like that's ideal because 
it also gives you some peace of mind that there's not like too much change, too much up and down because like as much as you mentioned the Ryan Pace misses, like the hits are there. The structure of the roster to a certain standpoint has been good. The continuity. And I don't think that a lot of the sort of intangible things about this front office that we hate are is derived from Ryan Pace. Meaning, you know, you hate the slogans of collaboration. You hate, you know, all the little things that they say and do. I don't think a lot of that, like, it's that anger doesn't come from Ryan Pace. Like it comes from either McCaskey's, Ted Phillip, or Matt Nagy. Like when you think of the little things that are outside of the drafting of players or the management of the cap, you know, like how they handle press conferences and how they speak in front of the mic and all the different ways to handle operations. Like you're not as angry with Ryan Pace as yeah. you are with those other guys. And I think right. that's really important as far as people's desire to have him still in the building. Yeah, I think Ryan Pace has a lot more good on his side than Matt Nagy does, obviously. So yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I would, I would love it. I, I would, I would love Ted Phillips moving into just the business side and that football side being given over to someone else. Ryan Pace, or like if Ryan Pace is more big picture and the day to day is given to a GM, I could get on board with that. I, I see the, I see the benefits of that. So we'll see what happens. That covers all of our game and big picture stuff. Something that I want to talk about with you, Kevin, because I talked about this a little bit with Joe Ostrowski today. Um, he was up, like, he asked me, he said, did you know that Robert Quinn is really close to, you know, passing Richard Dent for the Bears single season sack record? I said, actually, yes, I did, because I've been talking about this for a couple weeks with Kevin Lapka. And he said, would you be upset about it? Or like, how do you feel about it? He, I think that's what he said. He said, how do you feel about that? And I said, I don't, like, it's, it's cool, I guess. Like, it's it's something to be positive about in this season that you've kind of started to spiral and there's not a lot of positive stake. And, and Joe Strowski's argument was that he doesn't want someone like Robert Quinn to pass someone like Richard Dent, who was a bears legend. And then Robert Quinn leaves town after next year, or even maybe this year, like, and then he's forever in the bears history books. My argument was it's one record who cares? And we it, wouldn't even. We, when what was the, the last hell? time we talked about it? You know, they're not going to build a statue of Robert Quinn outside the stadium. You know, it's like it's going to be okay. You know, Robert Quinn, eighteen and a half or nineteen, whatever it, the number ends up being, because I think we're both of the mind that Robert, because he's what three away from passing now or three away from tying now. Like, and, you, and you're about and to, half, and you're it? about to face yeah. Kirk Cousins twice, Daniel Jones, like. I mean, Russell Wilson, you're probably not going to sack that much. So you get, you get Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm in one game, and then you get Kirk uh, Cousins twice. I think Robert Quinn's probably going to get there. He'll at least tie. But I, you know, and, and it made me think like, that's are ridiculous. People, that's like, are ridiculous. Are people actually upset? That is so <laughs> stupid. Like, like that I is, want people, no. to, like, whoever, I mean, you know, we already had a couple comments. Like, I want people in the comments, like, do you care if Robert Quinn, like, are you banging the table for Robert Quinn can't pass Richard Dent? It's a yeah, what? it's a, a black mark on the Bears history books if Robert Quinn passes a Bears legend because it's just Robert Quinn. Who cares? I like it's it's cool. I don't really care that much. No, you should. That is this. I'm sorry, Joe Ostrowski. You know, he's your coworker. He's no. Good I, guy. I told him. I was like, I don't care. It's, Why do you I, care? That's the stupidest take I've heard in my entire life. It is that like, gotta, how are you not going to have an appreciate, like have an appreciation for the guys. I, I get it for thing. like, if, if he's you putting was, the, he's the sole reason the bears are relevant. Like I, I get like, okay, Joe, like Joe has been around the bears far longer than we have. I get it. Like sure. Yeah, he grew but, up with Richard. Maybe a little bit, but bears. it's like, 
Sorry. It's like for the most part, it doesn't matter. Like it, it's a weird. Get broken like, at I some point. I don't think it's stupid, but I just think it's a weird thing to be no, fixated on. <laughs> like it's, it is weird. It's weird. Like, are you gonna be upset if Justin Fields breaks Jay Cutler's passing yards record? Like, what the hell are we talking? Does Jay about? Cutler like, have the record? Yeah, no shit. He has the record. Does Jake, he really? I have the. Yeah, let me pull it here. I, I got the share screen. Here we go. All right. I've, I've been. I've, I'm. Justin EP is out of the out of the uh he's he's at the theater. Kevin so Lapka's EPing me. today. I'm EPing today. Okay, so I was looking. Oh at yeah, Rush. everyone can see that. Uh-huh. All right, wait, can you see it? It needs to be a little bigger. All right, what about this? Is that zoomed in? There you go. There you go. A little bit more. A little bit more. Dude, it's not even close. It's ten thousand. Oh yards my god! Wait, okay, okay. This is all time. Okay, what's what's single season? Oh, single season? Uh, do they have that on here? Passing yards? I don't think they have that on this. No, go see. It says career leaders. The, the bar oh. next to it. There you go. Single season leaders. I mean, I'm assuming. Kramer! 3,838. Obviously, everybody knows the Bears. J-Color, 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 J-Color. Yeah. So I'm really bad at controlling wow. this. Well, okay. But. So J-Color, I kind of remember this. Yeah, 2014 when he was only a few yards away from Mitch. breaking it. Mitch is up there for one. Jesus. Yeah. See, like, yeah. I So I think Joe's argument is that, like, so Justin Fields would be, like, Justin Fields we expect to be here for the next 10 years. Like, I think we would right. celebrate that. Like, I think his argument was, okay, Richard Dent, he was on the 85 team. Like, he was a, a Bears legend. Like, got it. Like, it's just Robert Quinn. Like, he's going to be around for one more year at the most, maybe two. Right? Because how long was his yeah. contract? Five years? I think he's he's got yeah. So and regardless, like Robert Quinn, you're not expecting him to be here for much longer, maybe one or two years. Justin Fields, you're expecting, so I think there's a little bit of difference there. But your point stands. Yeah, like your, your point still stands. There's one player where his line of thinking applies to. Guess who that one player is oh, in Bears history? There's one player where I would be on board. With that, like I would never actively root against a guy trying to break a record, but it would kind of be sort of like uh, it would pull at your heartstrings if they, if he lost his record. One player, Jake. It's obvious. One player if he lost his record? Yeah. Walter Payton, right? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. the only guy. That's the only guy, right? Like just because of what he meant to the organization, the kind of person he was, and, right. yeah, you know, just sure. given – obviously Every, everyone else is on the table everyone else is on the table i hope your record gets broken as soon as possible because i don't care um no but like it's just, that doesn't make any sense yeah. root for the guy plus there's a legitimate chance the guy could be an all pro like it's a terrible yeah. feeling when the all pro results come out and your team has zero and yeah. they'll probably have two roquan smith and robert quinn but Unless they pull a whole Fred Warner is better than Roquan Smith narrative many, again this year. How many games has and, Roquan missed this year? Just one? Yeah, well, he hasn't missed many. So he's still eligible. Okay. And he's, I think, like fifth in the league in tackles. So he should make it. And Robert Quinn, if he breaks the Bears single season of that record, should make it because he has more sacks than Aaron Donald. He's got more sacks than a handful of other rushers that you would think. Now, back to these uh, records, because this is kind of a fun thing here that we're doing. I want you to guess... Who in Ooh. Chicago Bears history, uh, among quarterbacks, is the leader in passer rating? It's Mitch, right? It's your it boy? Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. It is Brutal. Mitch Trubisky, which is absurd. How 87.2. Here's the rating. How absurd is that? Yeah, that's is that, That's crazy. <laughs> but now, okay, 
So as I was looking through these records, I kind of started thinking. I was like, all right, which records are unbreakable in the Bears organization? Oh, Jesus. Now, for me, it was easy to obviously say punt returns yeah, you know, for touchdown, kick definitely. returns for touchdown. That will never be touched. Devin Hester is a for Hall sure. of Famer for a reason. Rushing yards and rushing touchdowns will never be touched by anyone else in this organization for a very, very long period of time. If ever. Other than that, can you think of anything else that's an unbreakable record? Because a lot of them are like more surprising than not breakable. Like it's unfortunate yeah. Allen Robinson isn't going to break the receiver yards record because let's look at it. Uh, where's receiving yards? Here it is. Because I think it's still, yeah, Johnny Morris. And Allen Robinson is Johnny Morris, 5,059. Allen Robinson, 3,504. Jeez, 5,000 is the highest. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty like it's it's astonishing. It's astonishing. Yeah. But that's a correlation between that and the quarterback, right? Like, well, I guess like the Bears also never really have receivers stick around for a long time, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Marshall here for three years, Austin Jeffrey here for four years, you know. So you fourth as a running back. So you need someone who's going to stick around for like five or six years. And I mean, who knows? Maybe Darnell Mooney can be that with Justin Fields and they grow together. But who knows? Uh, One one that I think could be broken would be the single season mm -hmm. tackles record. Because Roquan Smith is just, I mean, he's clearly just getting better. You probably have, I mean, I would say if, you know, the next couple of years are going to be his best years, you would hope. Yeah. So, I mean, you would, and I mean, he's just everywhere. I mean, he's constantly double digit, you know, tackles every game. It feels like, so I would hope that maybe, maybe Roquan Smith can get there because he's how old now? I mean, you're going to give him a second contract for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's got to be. Yeah. Roquan Smith. So, and I mean, the guy has 138 this year. 138. Roquan Smith is 24. He'll be 25 in April. He's 24. Four. Yeah. Shit. All right. So oh, what's no. the, what's the single season record? I can't find it on here. They they're not. It's not showing me tag. Gotta, it's showing me sacks. Yeah. You got it. Sorry. I'm no help. Um. So now here's what you have to consider as well as we're talking about Bears records and really NFL records going forward as far as you know single season is the fact that the 17th game like it's unfortunate because I think there's gonna be a lot of people who start to put an asterisk next to that. You know what I mean? Like. All right, this guy broke the record by one sack. Would he have gotten that one sack if there wasn't a 17th game? How legitimate yeah. is, you know, the so record? Hear a lot and of it's that. like, it's unfortunate. Like, you're going to hear a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of that discourse once the season ends. And there's a lot of players in the league who are breaking, you know, potentially league records as well, league records or just single season records for their franchises. And they're not going to get the full credit they that people think they deserve just because, the 17th game, people are like, oh, he's bailed out by there being a 17th game, you know? So yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. True. But, I mean, my take on that is like, sorry, like that's just like the 17th game is going to be here for as long as we know. It might be soon before they put an 18th game. So you're just going to have to get used to that. And at some point, it'll become normalized to where most of the record holders come from, you know, seasons that are have 17 games. And that won't be a conversation anymore. But okay, I just know so, people would talk about that. So I don't, I, I can't so find tackles, single right? season tackles either. But the career, weird ca- career tackles is four, 1,488. And Roquan Smith wow. through four years is currently at 491. So he'd have to get a thousand more tackles to break the record, essentially. I, that's I mean, not crazy if they give him the extension. Right. I mean, I mean he, the fact that he's had over 100 every single year. Like Who's in that, first? 
Mike Singletary, right. 1,488. Okay. So, Man. and he played and Are he you... was with the Bears for 11 years. If the bear, if the Bears give Roquan Smith the contract that he wants, and he's here until let's say he's 30, I think uh, is fair. Is he going to be in Mike Singletary in? You know, I don't know. I think Brian Urlacher is a tier above Mike Singletary, in my opinion. I would opinion. agree with that. Um, so I would say, is he in that Mike Singletary? Maybe. So there's Lance Briggs, then there's Mike Singletary, and I think in the middle is like Roquan Smith, more near Mike Singletary. Do you think he ever ends up there? I think he can. The it's pace... hard to estimate now. Right, right. The pay. I mean, it's only he's in his fourth year, so like it's hard to estimate that right now. But I mean, it seems like he's going to easily set a career his own career mark for tackles and because he's at 130 now he set a career high with 139 last year i mean unbelievable i i mean i I think so i i think it's possible like the way the rate he's going he's so fast you know he doesn't get as many takeaways but i mean he's i mean he's a really really good he's everywhere on the field so i absolutely think roquan smith could be up there eventually I would agree. All right. Anything else unbreakable that that, that you think, think is Because like you said, with the 17 games, I think eventually you go to 18 someday too. You figure that. Like, I think I think everything's going to be within yeah, reach. Except, I, I mean, except something so specific like pun and kick returns. Like, now, that's, let, that's just so hard to do in general. Yeah. Well, no. I Yeah. That's Devin Hester is one of a kind that's never going to get beaten. But one player who is extremely close, closer than anybody on the Bears to breaking any Bear record, is where is it? Pat O'Donnell, baby. <laughs> I think that's, he trails, I thought of that. He trails Brad Maynard here by a significant margin and punts inside the twenty. But there's really no reason that Pat O'Donnell shouldn't be here for like five more years. He trails him by eighty-seven, but he's oh, actually really close in a different punting stat. Uh, stat. I think it's punt. Net average, his net average is 39.3. And Bobby Joe Green from 1962 was 42. Um, yeah, honestly, Pat O'Donnell's been playing really well. Like the thing, I, is, Pat, the thing is, Pat O'Donnell's gonna be 31 in February. So yeah, but he'll probably play till he's 35. He's a damn punter. It doesn't <laughs> matter, true. right? Like how how old was <laughs> Pat McAfee when he retired? 30. Like, yeah, he think, retired he young. Yeah, he, he retired make 120 million dollars at FanDuel. <laughs> Yeah, uh, good pretty good decision by him. Um, yeah, but yeah, I Jesus. mean, all right. Last thing that I want to hit on before we close this isn't even football related, but Kevin, a topic that has been sweeping the BetQL network over the last 24 hours or so on, on the show Bet MGM tonight with Ryan Horvath and Quentin Mayo, there was a topic that came up, and this was posed by You Better You Bet's Ken Barkley. What your preferred dipping sauce is? And this is taken like we've discussed this on just about every show on the BetQL network, it's from from BetMGM tonight to BetQL daily to you better you bet. This is this has been a topic for twenty four hours. I'm not even kidding you. What is your preferred dipping sauce? So I have multiple questions. Number one, how did this become the topic? So of so the Ken Barkley, who is on you better you bet, he's a very smart, incredibly smart, better, incredibly smart, like knows sport, like he's very very smart. He posed the question to Ryan Horvath and Quinn Mayo, and Ryan Horvath said, "Plain yellow mustard." He likes to dip his French fries in. Which, oh, that's criminal activity. Exactly. So that's that, that's jail. why it's taken such a life, and that's why it's been so okay. debated because people have taken and wrote like yellow mustard. A, that's just atrocious. And then what? How many 
better dipping sauces or condiments there are for fries, let's say. Oh, so this is for French fries only. So, so let's let's go with fries first. But you can we can turn it into something further oh my if we God. get there. Okay, honorable mention goes to a milkshake. If you've ever That's dipped fair. fries in I, milkshake, we have heard that. That was an is, answer that I've heard a lot. It is phenomenal. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm boring ass person. Cause like, you're gonna say ketchup, ketchup right? Dude, like, what? Come on. Dude, like, what do you mean? Like, does that say? Do I have like no personality? Like, yes. I have no character as a human because I I chose ketchup. Like, I now, mean, like, think about what? Like, think about the things. That, like, you could have picked Chick Fil A sauce, ranch, various forms of barbecue sauce. That much barbecue like, sauce. Like, I'm so, like, the- you could have done like a ranch and sriracha mix, which I think is up there. Like a sriracha, like Ooh. sriracha, like that's a big okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. You know what? You're, you're you're right. Okay. See, I look at this. Look at this. Look at this guy. I am Scott's in the check. Catches nah, the best. He knows what's nah, up, man. He knows what's that's up. Incorrect. Um, it I, it's it's just it's like it's just there. If I'm trying to think about, okay, I'm trying to really think about the special sauces, the unique sauces. Um, that's the thing. No, my you, girlfriend like you, really likes to do to, mayo. You have to think. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's gross. one of those people. There's that's always gross. those people who are just addicted to mayo like that. Um, it's actually so, not bad. I okay, so, uh, no, I, no, I know it's not bad, but like, uh, like not even Chipotle mayo. Like, if you go to a restaurant or something, like, the, like, yo, anyway. that's a great answer. Chipotle Thank you. Mayo's so, my question now for that is, does she just put mayo on everything? Like, is she just a mayo? No, nah, like, she's not like crazy like that. But like. She'll put mayo on like more things than the average person, but it's not like an everything thing. Like she just likes mayo more than the like average sandwiches, burgers, like your run of the mill. Well, no, dude, mayo on a burger is great. Like a turkey burger. No, I agree. Cool. I agree. Lettuce, not like, I'm just saying that like she just limits it to like your general things that you would think yeah. you put mayo on. Okay, I'll accept yeah. that. Okay, so what was your answer? So my my answer, answer was either like I don't know if you know what Stubbs barbecue sauce is. Stubbs is a brand of barbecue no. sauce. They make great barbecue sauce. They make like a sweet heat barbecue sauce and like a okay. spicy barbecue sauce. Both are incredible. And then I also said like Chick Fil A sauce, incredible. But like a, a mixture of sriracha and ranch is just talk about stuff you put on burgers or sandwiches, dip yeah. and fries, tremendous. And so that was my answer as well. Like it's just the ketchup's so boring, and it like ketchup is basically just sugar too. Okay, what's wrong about sugar? Yeah, I love a, sugar. Yeah, I mean, I do too, but like, come on, there's better options there. Uh, some there's people, options. Some it's people boring. said just like wing sauce. Okay. Like, which I see. I, mean, I can see the argument. Like what? For that. Like, like just your, your regular sauce. buffalo sauce. Like your regular, okay. Eh, eh, or like really some people said the ranch at the same ranch like cup that you dipped your wings in. Like, so like the buffalo sauce mixed okay, with the okay. ranch a little bit. I think that's like kind of same Jeez. vein as sriracha and ranch. Like, I think that's a good move as well. People are really thinking outside the box here. Now I yeah, feel like dude. an idiot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Was this the first time you've been asked this question? Because I feel like you just had like a prepared response when this I question was raised. I have a prepared response, but it's something I've definitely been asked in the past. Like it's something that has definitely come okay. up in my life before. Like I okay. couldn't tell you when, but I know it's for sure come up before. Right. It's a common question. Yeah. This might be a little glimpse of what uh, the Bears Nation podcast community might be getting with Bears Nation podcast. Bears after Nation after dark. <laughs> Which uh, I guess we could tease a little bit. I don't know. I mean, yeah. we'll Nothing see. Nothing we'll wrong with the fries covered in mustard while it's packed with the hot. That's fair. When you get the little bit of fries with the hot dogs too, that's fair. I, I like that answer too. Like the fries covered in mustard. Like when you get the real hot question. dog, like if you go to like a hot dog place, like not like your portal, like a hot dog place that just throws them in the brown bag with everything. Like oh, I that, love that. That I like. That That's a good answer too. 
but yeah, that was my that was my silly kind of just off the wall. Topic I like that, us. right? I mean, I think, shit, I think that's what we're gonna start doing franchise. for episodes. We're gonna find something like off the wall like that, and that's how we're gonna end episodes. I'm making an executive. I think we should. I like that, and you know, people can Until send the in questions good like again. that too. I like that. We're gonna start doing that. Send them in. DM yep. on Twitter, yep. Instagram, email bearsnationpod at gmail bearsnationpodcast at gmail.com. I never checked that thing. Uh, yep. So or DM either of us too. I'll take it all. Awesome. Yeah, that was good. Personally. That was good. We got we got to a new segment there. I like that. So I I think that's a good good foot to leave off on before we uh before we get to this dumbass game on Monday night. So that being said, this has been Bears Nation podcast for myself, Jake Hassan, for Kevin Lapka. Thank you guys for listening, for watching. We know this is a tough time to be a Bears fan, but we appreciate you all the same. We're still going to be here. We hope you guys keep coming around. We will see you on either probably Tuesday because I have to go to bed early. But Tuesday, we will see you for our recap episode, and then we'll be back for a Wednesday preview. But as always, thank you guys, and we know it's tough, but bear down. Bear down. Thank you.